Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, Episode 60, Little Martians, a STEM focus in India. Today, Kevin and I meet with Khadija Rahman and Amina Zulfi, founders of The Little Martians. Khadija is an information technology engineer and certified STEM educator in teaching primary science, while Amina, an electronics engineer turned educator, is a certified STEM activity designer and STEM curriculum planner. The Little Martians was founded with the objective of building a strong maker community in India, starting from a young age. The group inspires bright students and mentors them to find meaningful footing in this challenging world, forming a path for Indian youngsters to explore and grow in STEM. As always, we hope that you'll stay tuned after the episode for our takeaways. Good morning for us and good evening to you, Amina and Khadija and Little Martians. Thank you so much for joining us today. I, please start off by sharing a little bit about the work that you're doing with students uh, for us around the world. So, hi, Kevin, Shona. Um, thank you for having us here. So, I'm Khadija, I'm the co founder of the Little Martians. Uh, I am basically an information technology engineer. So from there, uh, you know, um, uh, after uh, graduation, we were uh, we, uh, we both of us got into uh, got placement in uh, IT companies, and then when you know we had our kids, we were wondering, you know, um, about the educational system, uh, you know, the same educational system that been uh, you know uh, given to us. And uh, that has been followed to our kids as well without any change or progress. So we thought, you know, what change can we bring to uh, this uh, system? And uh, that's how we thought about Little Martians. So uh, Little Martians was founded in 2016 uh, by Amna and myself. And it is basically, uh, you know, we want to uh, implement uh, experience-based education you know, uh, because uh, in India, we uh, usually have uh, a textbook based learning and less of activities. So we wanted to bring this activity thing into place. And that's how the Little Martians was born. And Amna? Hi, I'm Amina. As Khadija has already mentioned, I'm one of the founders of the Little Martians. I am an electronics engineer. And academically, both of us, we were brilliant students. But then when it comes when it comes to the practical knowledge, we were a big zero. So that's when we started thinking about like changing the educational system, the drawbacks of the even the engineer, the BTEC, the Bachelor of Technology, or even similar streams. And then, like as Khadija said, when we started to settle down, when we had kids, and we never we we were very sure about one thing: we did we never wanted our kids to have the same sort of education. So we wanted something more of experiential where it's okay even if they don't study a lot they can study less but let them learn it whatever we are teaching let them just learn it so that's what we believe in okay uh amina khadija did you meet in college did you meet on the workplace how did you i mean obviously you're in two different countries so how did you come together how did you meet i'm from india 
and actually me and amna we are uh, amna is my sister in law so that's how you know we are family so that's how we had this discussion going on you know we used to have everyday conversations on you know how we can bring a change to this and you know we need to work on this and we just started our started with an Inst- uh, instagram page we used to share our posts and everything then uh, you know from there we went to offline classes the you know physical classes and when lockdown hit we uh, you know turned it into online sessions that's fantastic i really like what you had uh, you said about the idea there's a difference between studying and learning right and so it seems as though um maybe your style of education there which i want to ask you more about is more about just the books the books study for this and for some end game versus the understanding and the deeper concepts of learning can you share a little bit about what the education system looked like for you coming up and maybe uh contrast that to any progress that it has made when we were in school it was raw textbook learning like we had like a set of chapters let it be science we had a set of chapters in physics chemistry biology so we had to learn whatever was written in the textbook uh even our teachers used to say like read the textbook again and again even if you understand the concept read it again and again so that you don't forget but what's the whole point the 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 key highlight is in grasping the concept right what's the point in reading it again and again i used to get bored reading it again and again but now i realize it was a good thing to feel bored like reading the same thing again and again but things have changed a lot we have uh, schools which focus on experiential learning and again but uh, these schools are very limited it is accessible only to the cream layer of society uh, you mu- you must be knowing about india we have very we have different tiers in our society so we want experiential education and stem learning to be accessible to all the people in the country all the students in the country not just the cream layer so you wanted to know about the current educational system or what we have in vision both actually i was looking at how it was when you were coming up which allowed you to make the decision to bring about little martians and whether or not it's changed or if it's still that way for the rest of the students there the the positive part is uh, a percentage of parents have realized like people like us they realize the importance of uh, experiential learning like they understand the drawbacks of the educational system so these people actually try to uh, bring about a change in the system in the way they are trying to teach their children and all but again when you when you take the picture as a whole when you look at it as a whole uh, it's more or less the same yeah and Uh, we have stem programs and all but it comes as an as an after school program or as an extracurricular activity which is something we are really disappointed about do you think it's the as the younger generational parents you know such as yourselves uh, and those behind you do you think that that's really where the change will take about it's usually the older you know parental regime who likes things the way they were versus kind of like the new movement coming in i'm not sure if it's just about age because uh we are those you know people who just don't like experiential education like when when we send our kids to school they say like we we really are not happy with the system of learning they are not learning enough because they often tend to compare with students who are still doing the road textbook learning like uh, a student can learn alphabets at the age of 3 4 5 i don't mind if it's my child learns it at the age of 6 or 7 because I feel there is much more she can learn like when she is younger just uh, rather than just learning the alphabet 
Right. So, yeah, it, it depends. It's a personal person. So with the Little Martians, uh, first of all, how did you come up with the name? And what are the major elements that uh, the experiential elements that you uh, like to um, offer your students? Yeah, when we actually thought about the, thought about the name, you know, we thought of the um, uh, thing like uh, so the sky is a limit. So we were like, you know, there's now sky is not the limit. It is beyond that. Then we thought about Martians, you know, because everyone's behind Mars right now. So we were like, okay, Martians and about little Martians. You know, that's how we coined the name. And when the little Martians, it came up, we were like, okay, it sounds cool. You know, it stands out. So we thought we'll go about it. Then, um, yeah, what was the second uh, question, Kevin? Uh, um, what sort of... Uh describe your opportunities or programs for your students that yes. are your draw what are your what are your best draws so uh, what uh, i'll say is i'll cause say by an example so we learned about uh, newton's law and everything right so we all we've all in india I, i'm not sure how you have done it so in india we always learned the third law as you know every uh, law has an uh, every action action has an equal and opposite reaction so we learned it by heart okay we just thought okay, every action has an equal and opposite reaction but how does it actually work we never knew about it we knew anything about it because we never did any activity based on that so, uh, you know, when we are teaching our kids right now, like our students right now, we uh, first we uh, make them do the activity, then we uh, make them observe what happened. They tell us uh, their observation first, then we go to the, you know, then we explain, okay, uh, you know, Newton was Newton and he explained, uh, you know, the, this is how he came up with Newton's law of uh, motions and this is the third law of Newton's, uh, you know, Newton laws of motion and this is how we go about we do the activity first then we explain the theory or uh, you know uh, whatever is behind it because uh, the science behind it we don't go to jump into uh, the theory first then do the activity we make them do the activity first then we show them okay this this is what happens and this is how you know this law is uh, you know uh, is used to prove that yes that's very good uh Similarly, when I start talking to students about planet motion, I always start with a pendulum or a roller coaster because every child has experience with one or both of those. Tell me a little bit about the students of Little Martians age range. Uh, my understanding is that they were young, younger, you know, than, than a lot of people think can actually grasp those concepts. And are they all from India or uh, Khadija, since you are, you know, not in India, are students from around the world at this point or mostly focused in India because you're face to face? We focus on India, but we have some students from, we have had students from the Middle East, from UK. So yeah, we have had kids from other countries as well, but our primary focus is in India because see, we started it as offline classes, like physical hands-on classes. And then we shifted to online platforms uh, just because of the pandemic. And our kids, uh, we start at the age of eight, but we have had some kids uh, as young as six. Like some parents are parents are really confident, like my kid can do it. And yeah, they really did it. So generally our age group is from eight to 13 years. Oh, yeah, that's good. good range. Yeah, and I think that you had mentioned earlier that you know kids who are that young are really starting to kind of grasp things that oftentimes we think are for older kids. And I refer to that a lot as that identity, right? Like I don't, 
if I see it, I don't know that, you know, I, what I can or can't be until I actually see myself um, in, in that kind of thing. So do you have a lot of uh, balance with girls and boys, or do you find that your program is more heavily attended by one versus the other? No, actually, no, uh, for coding, we have noticed it's mostly boys. We're not sure why, because uh, if we have uh, 10 kids, eight of them would be boys or, you know, it's that's the ratio. But when it comes to STEM, we have both uh, boys and girls. But when it comes to coding, it's really, uh, you know, about boys. How about uh, at your place, Kevin and Shona, what, do you, what have you observed? So my, my experience is you don't have to recruit very hard for guys. The guys love the, the boys love the aerospace and the science girls. Um, when, when the program was mostly just in classroom after school, uh, the girls were stronger than the boys in middle school. There were as many of them and they were really bright. They were higher achieving for the most case, in most cases, than the boys. And much more organized. I mean, like they could take larger tasks and break them into pieces the, and manage uh, them well. I, I would say since COVID, when a majority of our activities went online for a while, then it became more boys than girls. So yeah. our hope is um, we're back into some schools now. You know, we have three, uh, two, two, three different after school places we meet. And my hope is that more girls will be coming. And, and they are. So that's my hope. Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges that you think your teachers in India uh, or, or even Saudi Arabia face when it comes to changing education? We have a very strict curriculum based education. So the curriculum is set and the curriculum is good, but it's, it's huge. Like, I don't know how a child can learn so much of things, but the teachers are also put under the same pressure. Like there are a lot of holidays coming up and there are after school activities. So among all this, they have to meet the requirements. They have to meet the curriculum requirements. So when we have like nine months of classes going on, they have to teach a lot. So I, I, I always feel that they really don't get the, don't get the bandwidth, the space or the time to introduce innovation, like to change their learning methods. It's just going with the flow, just trying to teach the same thing like they did the last year. And uh, again, as you said, I don't think uh, the teachers have a teachers have the liberty also like to make decisions because we are uh, we are working independently. Like we we are a separate firm. We have the we have the freedom. Like we can just whatever we choose to, right? So we we can change our teaching methods. For example, we always try to bring bring some some storytelling, some story, some narrative to the sessions to make it more interesting. But I don't think the teachers will have the liberty to do that in the classroom because of their uh, because of their deadlines. If I might say, yeah. I think we faced some of those similar issues here. We're undergoing, I think, in the United States, a huge shift in what we value as education anyway. And I don't see us going back to some of the traditional methods, which in a way is good. Um, but I think that we've left behind a lot of the foundational parts of the basics in exchange for trying to meet everybody and if, make sure everyone's feeling good versus that. How do you balance, you know, it sounds like you come from a very traditional background as well that wants to change a little bit. How do you balance the foundational uh, educational core knowledge with the idea of experiential and more innovative techniques? 
No, we actually have the same, um, you know, the base is the same, only the method is different. You know, we uh, try to follow the same uh, curriculum and everything, but we um, we want to add more of activities and also we want to, you know, the, you know, the syllabus also, uh, what we, uh, we have learned and what our children are learning, the textbook would be the same, you know, the every, there is no progress in that. So uh, there have been a lot of uh, progress made in science, but we try to bring that aspect also into uh, whatever activities we are doing. Uh, but the base is the same because it's all science, math, physics, chemistry, it's all the same. And uh, one more thing I would like to add about, uh, you know, the education system in Saudi Arabia is, uh, you know, in Indian schools in Saudi Arabia, it is, uh, you know, the teachers are not that qualified. That problem is there because uh, they don't get uh, that much qualified teachers. So what they do is, you know, just um, in what are uh, the housewives when they don't find a job, they just recruit um, the you know, they don't uh, care about the qualification, actually. They just want to fill the teachers, um, you know, the vacancies, that's it. Yeah. So that is a problem that uh, students face in Indian schools. But in, when it comes to international schools, uh, they do have a lot of activities. But it's basically, uh, it's more of art and craft than science and uh, coding. So that's what we always uh, see here in Saudi Arabia. Mm. That's interesting. Uh here, I'm wondering, uh, I like to use entrepreneurship in the classes because I feel like the world we live in now, it's important that young people know how to see a problem and try to create the solution for it. Do you see any applications of that? Uh, do you see any entrepreneurship uh, sort of filtering down to the, to the younger students in any schools in the, that, that you work with in either country? Kevin, I didn't, I didn't get it clearly. Are you asking about the entrepreneurship part? Right. Are, are principles of entrepreneurship incorporated into any of the classrooms for the students, even down at the age that you see? Or would you say that's not really um, a focus that you see in any way in the Indian school system? I have, uh, I have read about similar incidents in Indian schools, uh, but Personally, yeah, uh, probably, uh, probably one or two students like uh, who have done, who have done like uh, shows and all, like uh, cookery shows and all. Apart from that, uh, as a, as a, as an entrepreneur, I haven't come across any of the students personally, but I have read read about such case, such students, such children in newspapers and magazines. I'm thinking some of your coding students might develop apps, for example, and then, you know, kind of give a business pitch about how they would go about getting that marketed. I have a question about funding, actually. How, um, obviously, these programs take money in order to get off the ground, whether it's for the traditional system or for a, an independent one. Are, are programs available for parents who might want this for their children, but are, are not financially able. And at the same time, are there programs available for schools or for teachers who are looking to bring them? Um, not really. Uh, we have not come, come across uh, much opportunities like that. But uh, there are, uh, you know, now organizations like TAI, the, you know, the Young Entrepreneur Programs. Uh, that's like a new program by the government of India as well. But uh, about the effectiveness, I'm not sure. But uh, if they have an idea, they actually don't know where to go and, you know, how to go about it. That is, uh, you know, uh, that is a case here in India. How How is it there in 
uh, you know, USA, we would like to know that as well. There's, there, it's interesting, the words, you know, the STEM word, right? And I say that with air quotes, because it just, it's used so much, and it doesn't always mean experiential, right? And it's a way to get money, because I don't know how many years ago, Kevin, what about maybe 10 years ago, STEM came on the forefront, and people, that was going to change education. So if you put that, anywhere in your proposal, you are probably going to get funded. Most people here, at least in the public schools, because we have obviously two public schools and private schools, the public are run by the government. Um, there, we get our funding based on just those federal tax dollars, or even sometimes by, by local municipalities or local taxes. So sometimes those schools, depending upon where you live, can be better or worse. So they'll get grants, but they're used mostly for, you know, from, iPads. Yeah, from a school standpoint, I think America went to the, if at all possible, can we give a child a device, right? Either a tablet or a laptop. That's sort of one. And, and institutionally, um, from an IT standpoint, it was, can we wire the schools, you know, for internet, high-speed internet, even better. Uh, and, and also uh, an area that I'd say 12 years ago, really got on fire was maker spaces right, like three 3d printing may not known 3d oh, printing yes and and robotics is robotics is a pretty popular after school activity uh but i would definitely say the maker space is something that has caught on where uh you know 15 years ago uh if you had something printed that was a big deal now every every 10 year old you know whose school has a 3d printer knows how to work with the code yeah. to print things. But there's still the disparity, right? Because you're working with some students in an impoverished area now. You can see the differences in their school versus what a private school would have. They wouldn't have 3D printers. Right. And One of the sources of inequity in the U.S. is that the public schools, um, a lot of their income, the money for the school comes from the taxes from the zip code that the school is located in. So a poor neighborhood is going to have less money for their school. So it's like a, a vicious cycle of, you know, those that have the least are going to get the Always least, have the least. Uh, equity. And I would say that even though they might give them the iPad, if they take it home, if they don't have internet connection or they live out in an area where it's spotty, that's been a real problem. I think we are seeing the classes separate here in the United States again. I don't think there's much of a middle class anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But but I will say this, there are fun, there are grants, like some parents who are below a certain line, uh, we, we work with some students who are homeschool students, who are able to apply and private school students can apply for this as well. There's, there are grants, I forget, like the McKay scholarships or things like that, where they can use that money, the parent has the right to use that money in the way they see fit towards an educational purpose. So some people take, you know, our, our after school program and are compensated through this grant and it allows them to pay. So th there are you know, some. Yeah. So tell us about your STEM summit you had recently um, that we were a part of, but we would like you to describe it for our audience, please. First of all, thanks a lot for being part of it. Like it was a, it was a really informational one. Uh, we all could learn something from each other. So it was a three-day summit. As part of the summit, uh, we had programs for students, teachers, and STEM ambassadors. For students, it was an exchange program. So we did it with uh, Amy and Monica. 
So we we gave gave a similar challenge to students in India and students in the US, and they worked on it. Uh, the students, Monica students, uh, they had classes like uh, online class, offline classes. But in our cases, in our case, the schools were shut down, so we had to manage it online. So we couldn't do the group uh, group one, and. Yeah, both both sets of students uh, did a great job. It was completely different. The structures looked very different, uh, but I, I I could see that the students had great fun building structures and interacting with each other. We had like a cultural exchange sort of thing as well. Yes, let, let, let me share with our audience uh, what Amina she mentioned. Monica and Amy. Monica Mormon is a fourth grade teacher in Broward County, Florida. She's a wonderful teacher of the year she's a wonderful stem ambassador she does coding and whatnot amy trujillo is a stem outreach uh coordinator for a school in orlando florida and and she is president of the florida association for the gifted so she's a wonderful stem well in fact our know, podcast educator. with her was about two episodes right before hers too so right we can link that so uh miss amina is mentioning the students from florida in two different cities right down in broward county florida south florida and orlando working with some students virtually during the summit now please continue i just wanted to give a little context of who amy and monica were thank you Karen. and on day two we had some programs for teachers uh we had a session uh from another stem ambassador emilia angelilo and she did. Uh, she did a demo of how we can make classrooms more exciting and uh, visually appealing. She did some shows with uh, fire and all everything from a chemistry point of view. After that, we had uh, different different people from STEM STEM uh, professions, STEM careers, different STEM professionals, uh, sharing their career stories with uh, children. And uh, we had an, uh, we had another segment uh, where different STEM educators from India uh, came online, and we discussed about the challenges we face. Like we we just had a good discussion about where each each company is, like where each firm is, in terms of business, in terms of achieving their goal. And then uh, was the last day when we had the. Uh, discussion like what does STEM mean in India? What does STEM mean in the U.S.? So we had uh, Prabha, uh, Monica, Amy, uh, Kevin, Shona, and ourselves, and we had uh, we had the chairman of Oman Schools as well. So we had a discussion on how uh, STEM can bring about a change in school systems and what the current position of educationers in India and in the U.S. And so the ultimate goal then was to provide opportunities in this experiential kind of learning and to also work not only with students and teachers, but um, decision makers, I guess, in education uh, from, from both areas. And so are you planning to do this regularly or is it something that you, you just wanted kind of the one time? We are planning to do it as an annual event, like once every year. Excellent. Um, uh, you had mentioned coding a couple of times. Uh, I'll throw this one to Khadija. Do you work with, uh, and you mentioned Prabha, Dr. Prabha, great, uh, great guy, neuroscientist, children's book author. We, we think the world of him. He works with microbits. Do your students work with microbits? 
Not yet. Our students are um, mainly doing Scratch and Python, but we'll be introducing Microbit this year during this summer. Uh, our summer classes will be introducing Microbit. So yeah, uh, we're just introducing Microbit this year. That's wonderful. Uh, I'll talk to you offline about yeah. something uh, about that. So that's great. Well, we are to the end of our time and I always like to throw out a general kind of advice question. So for, let's say you have some listeners out there who, who might be discouraged by their current educational system and might be parents out there pioneering or even teachers coming into the classroom who wanna make a change. What advice do you have for those people who might be hitting that old school bureaucracy about moving forward? We all face a lot of challenges, like from a business perspective, from a business perspective, like I don't, I don't know how many times we have spoken to each other. Like I have asked Kadija, like, will we have to shut down? Will, will we be able to like proceed with this? So we come across that on a regular basis. It's easy to get disappointed, and it's quite natural to get disappointed. But we are not going to gain anything by being disappointed. So we really have to work, no matter what the step is, no matter how small the step is. Uh, you can consider us as two engineers, like two victims of the education system, or two young mothers who want to make education better for their children, or two responsible citizens who want to build a better education system for the entire nation. So the scale doesn't matter, but what you do really matters. Every small step counts, and even if you are a parent, why can't you teach, why can't you start STEM training or experiential learning at, uh, at home itself? You can't just blame the schools or educational systems. So take a step, take, well, no matter how small the step is, just take one step today. That's it. That's outstanding. And I think, you know, if you are in the STEM uh, trade or business, I think you have to uh, go about it because this is the only way to go forward in our, you know, for our educational system and our, for, the, for the future of of our country or the world so you know uh, just stay there and uh, just go about it because we don't have any other option right now we have to do this because if we don't do it uh, i don't think you know uh, we'll, we'll be able to inspire others around us so yeah we appreciate you spending some time before you go where if someone wanted to learn more about little martians or what you're doing where could they go to get this information we are active on instagram our uh, Instagram profile is The Little Martians. And also we have a website on, uh, that is uh, the little www.thelittlemartians.com. So we are available on both these uh, platforms. Great, I'll link that uh, website there in our, our chat. So once again, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. And uh, we look forward to working with you and your students in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kevin and Shona. Thank you, Kevin and Shona, for having me. Thank you. Well, I, I really enjoyed speaking with uh, Amina and Khadija. Uh, really like the, the little Martians. They have a really good mission and in a country where they're really fighting a lot of inertia, it seems like. I like what they said. It doesn't matter whether you're two parents, you're two teachers, you're two engineers. You're either changing the lives of your, your own children, that within your community, or even an entire nation. Um, by taking one step. So I thought that was some great advice at the end about how, you know, we, we have to move forward, not allow those things that we find to be 
you know, not exactly right to, to not stop us. We just have to make those changes ourselves. Right. And in the future, um, we, we have a project that will be going to space in the fourth quarter this year, and uh, it's a hosted payload. And what we discussed offline a little is the, the great opportunity for their students who already do some coding to work with some of our students in a way that I think will be very exciting for both groups of kids. I sure would like to go to India and see them face to face personally. Well, as always, we'll have someone else exciting to share with you more about engineering or aerospace or STEM or somewhere in between. So join us as we say, let's let's go go to to space. Are you looking for a way to get your middle or high schooler engaged in higher level STEM material with an aerospace focus? Well, the Aerospace and Innovation Academy is registering for summer sessions now and includes great options like CubeSat mission planning, space settlement design, science fair prep, and orbital mechanics. Choose from face-to-face in Palm Beach County, Florida and online options to keep your student learning over the summer. Spaces are limited, so check out our social media sites or our webpage for more information, or you can just use the Google form, which is a registration link with all the details posted in the show notes. We look forward to your student joining us as we go to space this summer.